Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi guys, welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast. Self-promotion and bragging about yourself sometimes can sound very uncomfortable, but it's necessary for our careers. And you want to know why? To explain why we need to brag about ourselves and how to brag better, I've invited Meredith Feynman. Meredith is an entrepreneur, writer, and podcast host, and she's author of New York Times bestseller, Brag Better. So in this episode, you will learn how to master self-promotion and how to brag better. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Meredith. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being my guest. I'm excited to talk all things Brag Better and beyond. Um, so how are you? How did you find the book and the work and, and what do you want to talk about? Sure. I have great questions for you and we can just dive in. Would you please tell us more about yourself? Sure. My name is Meredith Feynman. Um, I am the author of the new book, Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion, uh, which came out in June, available wherever you get books or audiobooks or Kindle books. And I am also the founder of FinePoint, which is a leadership and professional development company that helps individuals, companies, groups, brands find their voices, but particularly people. And I specialize in women in positions of power and what it means to be a woman in public. And I'm a freelance writer of about 15 years. Wow, that's very impressive. And how did you decide to write Brag Better? Like what inspired you? Yeah. So I first came up with the idea for Brag Better. It came out in 2020. I would say the first, the first outline of it was, you know, more than seven years ago, which is really crazy. So I started Fine Point almost a decade ago. It was more of a public relations shop. I did campaigns in business, consumer lifestyle, technology, and I started to realize that nobody knew how to talk about themselves. And I always had, in addition to promoting my clients, I've always promoted my own work in writing, my own work in speaking, and had sort of my own voice online and offline. And, and I saw that people really had a lot of trouble doing that, talking about their accomplishments, bragging, which I define as stating facts about your work strategically and cohesively to advance your career. And so I was watching it happen in, an, in a system that just never changed over time and never changed with level of seniority. So I would have young women that want to work for me. This was especially true for women, but not only for women. And I would have young women that want to work for me and they couldn't talk about the work that they'd done. They couldn't brag or talk positively about professional accomplishment. A lot, there are a lot of reasons why that's difficult, which is outlined in Brag Better and I talk a lot about in my work. And then I'd have friends where I'd hop in and play publicist because they were always downplaying their work. And then I'd have very, very high level clients 
household names and they had the same issues. They could not talk about their work in a way that would get their point across, but also wasn't full of apologies or talking negatively and insulting themselves. There just wasn't a good rubric for this. And so I've been speaking about bragging since about 2013 and why self-promotion is important, why it's necessary for your career. It's really crazy to do it in a time like this in, in COVID because you just have to do it more than ever. My argument and through you know almost 10 years of work and case studies and interviews in the book and with other people at this point, you have to champion your work. Uh, otherwise, nobody can. But also, people don't know what you've done until you tell them. And especially when we're behind screens, that is more essential than ever. Yeah, I think so too. And on the other hand, like you don't want to come out as bragging person, you know, bragging about yourself too much. And that's why people are trying to be too humble and they don't even like express their accomplishments and they don't even talk about their accomplishments a lot. Yeah, I mean, so this idea of being too much, being too, bragging too much, usually those fears only affect people who are unable to do that. Like people who are very brash or are, you know, I talk about, so my audience is the qualified quiet, people that have done the work but don't know how to talk about it. And that is irrespective of gender and irrespective of level of seniority. But then we also have the lackluster loud, which are people who, any, we all know people in our industry, in our pods, work pods, um, you know, people we've seen at, you know, back when we used to get together at networking sessions that people in our industries that have done less than we have, but get more attention. And so I want the people that have done the work that are committed to truth and science and mastering, you know, their subject area to really start talking about it because we need better voices. Um, and that, just is something you have to do. Uh, and as I said, bragging is just is simply stating facts. Uh, you've done the work and you need to tell people about it so that they can reward you and that, so that they can know what you're doing. Yeah. And I can totally re- relate to this one too, because sometimes I get all my accomplishments, but then I don't have time to brag about them because I'm so busy, like trying to get more accomplishments done and just get more things done. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard and you have to carve it out. It's something you need to do. It takes time. It is work. We have this sort of misconception that it's not work, but it's really work. It is something that you must do to further your career, to inspire others. You know, part of bragging better, I talk about how it's a team sport. And that means that, yes, you need to promote yourself in your work, but also doing so for and on behalf and in service of others is, is really important. And it's not the sort of thing where it's a zero sum game. It's not, the, there's room on the stage for everyone. Yeah. And how do you find a quiet confidence in your opinions, abilities, background, and then turn up the volume to share your attributes? Yeah. So, so the pillars of bragging better are to be proud loud and strategic. Proud is, I think, the hardest one, which is looking at everything you've done, writing it out in maybe a Google document or just writing it all down and asking those around you who are your friends and care about you to also tell you the things that you've done that impress them because sometimes we don't play up or honor the things that we're good at. And it's like, oh, I didn't really think that that was a thing worth talking about. Um, And so it's good to get some other opinions. And I think that Bragging is also deeply personal to 
the person doing it. So whether you feel most comfortable doing it in writing, whether you feel most comfortable being on a stage, it totally depends. And, and this idea of the quiet, the quiet confidence, I mean, my audience is called the, the qualified quiet. It's something you have to work on all the time. I don't always feel confident talking about my work. And I wrote a book called Brag Better. It's something that you work on sort of your entire career and, and evolves. So you have, that's the proud pillar. Loud is not the volume of your voice, though it can be. Having done as much public relations and visibility work that I have, what really breaks through when it comes to a message, when it comes to a person, when it comes to, you know, whatever it is you want other people to know about, it's consistency and repetition. There's an old journalism adage that I included in the book that my dad always told me, but uh, actually technically comes from an English preacher uh, in the 19th century. But you have to tell people what you're going to tell them. You have to tell it to them. And then you have to tell them what you told them. Uh, This idea of repetition and also being very consistent in your message is what lets people really understand who you are. And then strategic is what are your goals? Is it you want to raise? You want a new job? You want your boss to pay attention and just at least tell you you're doing a good job? Um, All of those sorts of things is that's sort of how those three pillars work. And then I added a fourth. During COVID, I mean, I I wrote this chapter in April. It's free on the Brag Better website at brag-better.com on how to brag better from home and online because we are behind screens and it is, we've lost a lot of our tools. You can't just pitch someone in person. You can't walk by your boss's office and ask him or her how you were doing or tell them, you know, when you had. Uh, so it's it's hard and it takes time. And, you know, the confidence is a very, it's a very sort of ambiguous thing. It means lots of different things to lots of different people. So frankly, I just care that my clients and people that read my book and see me train, see me speak, feel good about the work that they've done and what they're sharing um, more than anything. I think that that's the biggest takeaway I want people to know is that Bragging is stating facts, but also that your accomplishments are worth talking about. No matter where they are, some of the best brags and shares I've ever heard are not the most senior people. It's really not. It's not the the highest level, sexiest prize that people are most interested in. They want to know what you're passionate about. Absolutely. And do you know how many times do you need to repeat like your information to people, like to advertise something so they actually catch it? All the time. I mean, it's really shocking to me. There's still some people in and around my network in life that don't know I wrote this book and don't know I focus on bragging and self-promotion and why it matters, which is shocking to me because I feel like all I've done for the better part of a decade is write about it and speak about it and post about it. Uh, So it's a pretty constant thing and you have to check in and always be introducing yourself because people's attention spans are really short. We are all in an emergency situation as well right now you know, with this sort of baseline fear and, you know, epi- you know, epidemic and, and people only, you know, pay partial attention to begin with. So it's honestly all the time. And in promoting this book, you know, it's over and over and over and over again as well on my end. <laughs> I see. And what is the formula for creating an effective brag and the actions that you can take to prepare yourself for successful bragging? Yeah. So I can't give you the exact words. There, those, you know, you have to work on some yourself, but I can tell you what I know to make a very effective brag. So when I say an effective brag, I mean, it's one that people will pay attention to. It's one that you can point back to and share with people. Uh, So the first two aspects of that are internal and those are pride and gratitude. I spoke about pride as a pillar of bragging better, but when you share something, so let's say I'm sharing this podcast. 
so pride. I'm so proud. I'm honored. I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, conveying that to your larger audience. Let's say I'm posting this on Twitter. Um, you know, so excited to be on this podcast. Then I have the gratitude piece, which is something that's just important to espouse in general. Gratitude scientifically makes us all feel better. But you know, one reason why I didn't include the term humble brag in the book is because I do not believe that being humble and bragging are mutually exclusive. I strongly believe that you can have grace and humility and still also stand proudly in your work. So I would say, oh, I'm so proud and grateful. Or I'm so, you know, those are just the the placeholder words, or you can actually use those words uh, to be on this podcast take a listen. I would love for you to subscribe. So so the second half of that is the outward pieces, which are presentation and showmanship. So presentation is considering who you're bragging to and where you're doing it and how you're doing it. So let's say it's on Twitter. We have limited characters. You want to make sure you make the most of them. Is this something that is easy for people to digest on Twitter, retweet and interact with? It's not always public. It's not always on social media. It could be to your boss. It could be to your friend. Um, but considering how you're presenting it to someone is is crucial because if it's a highly visual medium and there's no photo, you know, or you you want to emphasize a speech you did, but you don't give like a still, a photo still or a video, it's hard for people to digest it and champion it. And the whole point is you want to champion your work so others can. Um, and then showmanship is what makes it about you? What's your unique flair? Is it humor? Is it color and design? It totally depends. Like that is whatever is true to you. Sharing this in a way that feels feels good and feels like you. I don't ever want anyone to be a bragging robot. And I think like just relying on straight formulas will will not endear people to you and not not help people champion you in your message. It has to be what also feels good to you. Right. I think selling yourself is important too, because I mean, if you wouldn't do it, who else will do it for you? Yeah, you have to. And so I did 20 interviews for this book with people across industry. But one of the people, as you you know, you know, were formerly in fashion, Fern Malice, um, who is the founder of New York Fashion Week, uh, is one of my interviewees and a friend. And she talks about how, you know, you have to sort of toot your own horn. Otherwise, you know, if you don't, how can anyone else? Um, and people ultimately want to champion you. I think it's a scary thing to do. Um, and that's why I wrote this book is people, this is a hard, difficult, scary, vulnerable, anxiety producing thing to do. But ultimately people that care about you and people, people in general want to support you. So you have to also lead the way for them. Yeah. I love Brunella. She's like inspiration. What she's done and accomplished is just amazing. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And what are the tips for bragging better while working from home? So it's hard. I mean, I feel very lucky in that when COVID hit, I was already someone I've worked for myself for a decade and I was already someone who was used to working from home and I feel very grateful for that. It's very hard to do. I would say working in 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 from home in general is about, you know, finding a space that you like, that you can. I mean, we, we all don't live in necessarily large places. It's just like one corner that you can call your own, but bragging better from home requires you to just do it so much more, you know, share your accomplishments so much more and so much in, in a way that is much clearer and just really to the point and really explicit. So as I said, I added that, you know, the three pillars of bragging better are to be proud, loud, and strategic. But there's a fourth, which occurs now, which is explicit, which means you have to tell people what you want, who you are, what you need from them. You always need to do that. I always tell people you need to do that. However, 
you know, we are behind screens. You don't know what someone's personal situation is right now, whether it's they're afraid about their job, they're afraid about their spouse's job, they have kids and they're struggling with teaching them also. I mean, it's a mess. It's a total mess. And and so you have to just be clearer than ever when you're behind the screen. And that also means you have to make sure that you the way you present yourself online whether that is buttoned up social media, firm and consistent bios, and as, you know something like a personal website all needs to exist because someone can't meet you and infer who you are just by meeting you because we're not in person. That's so true. And can you suggest any concrete skills that can help people facing joblessness, instability, and uncertainty? Yeah. So, you know, I obviously never could have predicted what this world would have looked like, particularly in the United States, when when I published this book, you know, a lot of it is for how you present yourself for a new job. And one of those things, you know, it's a lot of these exercises are laid out in the book, but it's really a hard, hard time. And I, I hope that people recognize that and give themselves a little bit of a break, but that doesn't help someone, you know, pay their electric bill. So when it comes to bragging and pitching yourself and thinking about interviews, like one, one consistent theme throughout the book, a lot of this is based on PR skills. So why are PR skills important for individuals? It's about pitching. It's about packaging. It's about creating a dynamic story and getting people to pay attention. And that's ultimately what you have to do for you and your career and who you are is to, for hiring managers, again, because you cannot be in person with someone and really, you know, razzle dazzle them in a meeting, you have to do this from behind a screen, which is super hard. So this idea of pitching you know, asking for what you want, not exchanging money, telling a compelling story um, is is something that's a really essential skill. Publicists are incredible at it. This idea of, you know, getting what you want without exchanging money, just a compelling story and honestly a really strong follow-up game is something that everyone can learn and is a great thing right now when it comes to looking for a job is this constantly pitching and then getting rejected some and learning it's not personal. I was doing another talk where, you know, one woman was chiming in and saying she counsels a lot of people on looking for jobs and they're really devastated when people don't get back to them. And, you know, none of it is personal. Truly, none of it is personal. And I've sat on the other side of it as someone who hires people and gets pitched for stuff. And I, I now, you know, I started thinking that, you know, I don't answer sometimes because I don't have time, but truly none of my lack of answers have ever been anything about that person. Yeah, I've worked before in my previous career. I was IT project manager and I, I was in HR as well. And I had to hire, fire people and all of that. And it was definitely hard decisions to make. And now like some of my friends are so desperate because they lost their jobs and they were like, should I start my own business or should I keep looking? But if I keep looking, I get rejection letters and it's just like mess. Yeah. The rejection letters are really hard. Rejection. I think I'm so good with rejection because I've pitched myself, my business, my work, my clients for so long that I'm the rejection doesn't bother me. I mean, Lavia Jai, who's also in the book, who I interviewed, talks about it not, it's actually not in the book, but in, in recent days, she's posted a lot too about letting rejection fuel you. And that's the hard thing to do. You have to get used to being rejected. But I think starting to be a freelance writer for, at, for, at age 18 really helped me, which is just you pitch these editors I've written for everyone under the sun and, and not once has someone asked me to write for them. That's never how this goes. That's just never how this goes. But um, you know, I've just asked relentlessly and set a million, you know, just right now writing pieces or promoting the book. I'm like, okay, you don't want that. Here are 10 other angles. You don't want any of those. Why don't we get on the phone and talk about some of the things you do want to talk, you know, endless. You just have to keep doing it endlessly. 
That's so true. You have to be persistent. And sometimes if it didn't work out, maybe it's not meant to be, like, it's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the meant to be part of that, like, sometimes that it, that does help people. Sometimes it bothers people to say that. If that's a sentiment that helps you, that's cool. Um, but also you just, it's a numbers game, man. You just got to keep pitching yourself and your work and you only need one. Yes. Yeah. That's the most important. How, if you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert informs the way you feel about bragging? Yeah. So I interviewed Susan Cain, um, for this book and she is the author of quiet, the power of introverts. Um, she's the reason why we talk about introversion. Her book came out in 2012 and I think it was on the New York times bestseller list for like 85 weeks, maybe longer. Um, and she was really the first person to talk about introversion, this idea that introversion and extroversion are, are just how you relate to people. So for extroverts, you know, are you enervated by people? Um, for introverts, are people tiring and you need some alone time? I sort of toggle between both, but they're n- bragging and being introverted and extroverted actually aren't as connected as you think. A lot of people would think that, oh, I'm introverted. I don't want to brag. There are many introverts who are who the things that they're willing to divulge, let's say in print or in one on one on one conversations where they flourish. You know, there are ways to brag better. It's about doing it for you and doing it for your career and for your own reasons um, to advance your work and. There, you know, if you're an introvert, as I said, maybe you're better one-on-one and so you can brag to people individually or it feels better to write it and share it. I know for a fact that many introverts prefer expressing themselves in print and that's fine too. I mean, we're behind screens right now. It's a lot of that. So true. And I also believe like you have to have a clear idea what exactly you want and then you can actually attract the those things as well. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, sometimes I think it's easier um, for me personally. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what you want. Sometimes it's easier to figure out what you don't want. In a time like this, it's hard to figure out any of that because none of us can get a clear view of anything. Yeah, that's that's so true. How do you eliminate words that undermine your work and find better ones? Um, yeah, so I talk in the book a lot about verbal undercutting, which is this idea of the difference between self-deprecation and verbal undercutting. So self-deprecation is sort of poking fun at yourself in a way that doesn't, you know, damage the work you're trying to convey. So that is usually, you know, a form of humor, which I tell people to be really careful about right now because, again, we're behind screens. People can't infer anything. They can't totally read facial expressions and see you clearly, which is something you really need, I think, to properly make subtle jokes, but verbal undercutting is basically sort of insulting yourself. It's, it's, it's commonly, you know, especially for women, but not only for women perceived as, you know, apologizing or, um, sort of minimizing things you're doing by sort of pseudo insulting yourself first before anyone else can. Um, and that's something you really need to be careful about as, as well as I know you're uncomfortable bragging. Everyone is, that's the point. That's why I have a career. That's why I have this book. And you can say that in certain ways, but you can also say it in other ones and in certain ways it endears people to you and in others, it turns them off. So I'll give you an example. You know, sometimes being vulnerable and letting people in on how you're feeling can make them feel close to you, but also not undermine your work. So let's say, I gave a talk and I was really nervous, or I just used this example. So, you know, Forbes wrote this wonderful piece, an interview about me and my work. And 
a photo is from a wonderful conference. I really miss audiences and I have stage fright and I just get anxiety before I, before public speaking, which is super common. Um, and you know, I made a little joke about it, like, you know, cause the, the photo was cute in the context of the article. And I posted on Instagram saying something like, um, you know, my, my stage fright and anticipation anxiety really miss like big stages. And that's a way of me being a human being, but also saying I, you know, speak for a living and, um, you know, have a whole grasp on these topics versus self-promotion alert or I hate to brag, but, or shameless plug, you know, I Forbes did this article and like, here's this picture of me from the before times. In that case, when someone reads that, they can tell you're uncomfortable and then they're uncomfortable and they don't want to champion you. Again, we said, if you can't champion yourself, nobody else can. So in that example, when I look at that, let's say I'm looking for more speakers for a conference. But I see that and I see you're uncomfortable and I just shut it down. I don't share it versus if you're, you know, being humorous and open and vulnerable, but also talking positively about your work, then maybe it would be this sort of situation where you'd reach out and say, hey, you know, actually I'm booking this other conference. It's a virtual. Uh, we would love to have you. Is it something you're interested in doing? So you, you want to propel your work forward. All right. How do you pitch yourself and work from networking to press? Yeah. So you kind of have to read and buy the book, Brag Better, in order to get all of the download on that. You know, there's everything about what makes a good pitch, what sort of things you should use, how to ask, you know, big things of people, um, how to communicate your work really succinctly for someone important or someone in charge. Uh, so, you know, we only have so much time for all of that, but I would say is, you know, figure out how you're going to communicate your message and ask for what you want and how are you going to do it really succinctly and effectively? Yes, totally agree. How do you explain your work and use it to get bigger opportunities in public and within a company? Yeah. So again, this is sort of the premise of the book. But I will say that one of there's bragging better in public, which a lot of my individual clients want to raise their profiles with speaking or press opportunities. But there's also people who work in offices and bragging can mean to colleagues or to your boss so that you can get, you know, a promotion or you can be considered for big projects. And that's really important to do. And that's subtler. I mean, you know specifically who your audience is there versus trying to talk to just a general audience in the press. Um, and, you know, what does that person want to hear from you? How are you going to communicate your wins to them? So like, let's use your boss, for example. So if your boss loves reports, asking to get on a quick call with him or her to talk about your wins is not what's going to register. I also, you know, talk about bragging languages. You have to brag to people in a language that they like to speak. So if, as I said, your boss likes reports and isn't good necessarily on phone calls, you're getting on a call with him or her and talking about all your wins um, isn't really going to register. So you have to play to, you know, what other people want to hear from you um, and and how they're going to be able to digest, to digest it. That totally makes sense. Hmm, that's great. How to brag better in your resume, bio, and personal website? Uh, so I'll talk about your bio. Let's let's stick with your bio. So I'm very keen on everyone having a strong bio. Why? Because it's an original bragging spot. Um, what I mean by that is people have a lot of different reactions to people talking positively about their work. Um, and the the bio is somewhere where people expect you to brag. So I don't see it changing anytime soon, professional biography. So basically 
let's say a page of all your accomplishments written out in in active prose and in full sentences, starting from, I guess, most recent to least recent. There's sort of a formula for it, which I've written about, which you can look up or provide in the show notes. So your bio, again, with this idea of volume being about consistency and repetition, you're, you need to have a bio that you update, let's say, once a quarter. And in that bio, it needs to contain everything about you. And that's your long bio. From there, you can create a short bio and a two-line bio. A short bio is about a paragraph, two lines is two lines, and it all needs to match everywhere so that someone can figure out exactly who you are very, very quickly. I see. And do you attach picture to your resume or never? Um, You can. I don't know. I mean, I, I know that you, as a former model, like that's a given. Um, I don't really think necessarily in these contexts that would make sense, but I guess it just depends on the scenario. I see. And where can our listeners find you? Social handles, all your information? Yeah. So please consider ordering my book, Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it from an independent bookstore. Just go to brag-better.com. has all the info. I am Meredith Feynman. You can find me on meredithfeynman.com. And I'm at Meredith Feynman. I'll just say on Instagram and Twitter, where I'm always hanging out. Thank you so much, Meredith. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And just to remind you, Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can always find me on Instagram. It's Not Basic Blonde underscore or NBB podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.